Link and Turnstile right. are like two of our major influences. We, I mean, it was insane like to meet the entirety of Blink in their like original form. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but also, we are just honestly so starstruck to hang out with Turnstile. Lucky. Like we just we love their music so much. We listen to it all the time, and to get to get to do that has been pretty. That was pretty cool. So it, really? it's actually funny on the tour we went on right before the Blink tour with Jaden. Um, every day before the show, we would blast Turnstile to hype us up. <laughs> yeah, and then the, it's we, like literally our hype music. It's literally our like yeah, we are get pumped for the show music, and then we get to the next tour with Turnstile. We're like. Maybe we should. Yeah, can you do the same? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The band that's next door in their green room. So instead, we just go, you know, eat the catering with them. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we should talk about. What up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to another one of our convos. Today, joining us is another very special guest, band, group, beauty school dropout. Thank you for joining us. Of course, thanks for having us. How you doing? Good, man. How you guys doing? Can't complain. Excellent. Heating up a little bit. It's quite hot here in LA. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's definitely cooking these days, and um, they say it's only going to get warmer. So I'm definitely not looking forward to all that. Yeah, I'm trying to spend it at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good option. So you guys got to be kind of buzzing. You guys came fresh off of a tour, right? Four tours, technically. We've yeah. been on the road for four months straight. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, so it's been a lot. We're happy to be back for a little bit. Definitely able to like recalibrate and kind of reset before we head out for probably another four months, if not longer, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a toss up. We hit a pretty massive stride this year with the live shows and the touring segment of BSD. And there's just no sign of it stopping, especially with the new music coming out and everything that we got cooking up. So we're just trying to uh, lock it down and take care of ourselves, make sure we're Gucci to go. Okay. Definitely going to talk about, you know, obviously you guys got a lot going on with music and touring and, and everything right. going on, but we always like to kind of give people a little background into who you guys are, especially like some of our listeners who might not know who you are, who aren't familiar. So kind of how did you guys first form and like what's the origins of the group? Uh, kind of a thread of events. It had started out, I was, since I had moved up here, I knew I wanted to start a band and I knew I wanted to front a project. I just didn't really know how. And so I think through a lot of trial and error, like I was in a project before where I met our drummer. Um, and then as that was kind of falling apart, I had also met Beepus through his ex. And then soon after that, he had moved out. We started writing together and we met Bardo at Winston House, which was like this place that we would throw private shows at back in the day. And we had a mutual friend performing. She introduced us. We got in the studio, cooked up, and the rest is history. We've been sleeping in the same bed ever since. Yeah, and we forced Bardo to be in the band. Yeah. Okay, so like, so how long have you guys have actually been a band? Then I guess in total. Coming up on four it's years. Twenty nineteen, right? Twenty nineteen yeah. is when we started. Like end of twenty nineteen, and then, and then we were prepping to go play shows. I think we met in May, which is crazy because that's like exactly two, oh, right wow. before it. We started playing shows the year later or two yeah. years later. Yeah. yeah. Damn. So yeah. we were prepping to go start playing shows top of 2020. And then obviously the world shut down. Yeah. Everything just got throttled. It was like a blessing in a lot of ways for us, though, because it kind of just like had us hole up and just 
work on our craft and figure out how to navigate being an artist strictly online yeah, um, without the show aspect. But then that also made us really antsy for that way when May 2021 hit, we hit the ground running, started throwing parties. I wouldn't even call them shows per se. They were just like <laughs> ragers. ragers. Like, yeah, literally. Yeah. And everyone was just like so ready to go outside of quarantine we were actually throwing them before like it was actually allowed to have group gatherings. <laughs> yeah the kids were just ready to party and it was just madness for that whole year we just kept throwing parties and playing them and they were just like the most lit shows some of my favorite shows still to date just because they were just such crazy energy we would like flood the places with beer because kids were just like <laughs> moshing and crowd surfing and stuff and I think that was kind of like the initial phase of hype. I want to bring that back. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to return with in LA because we've been on the road so much that we haven't actually played an LA show in a long time. Yeah. Since like last year. Yeah. And so it's like this thing of like, well, how do we come back to LA? You know what I mean? Uh, uh. Now that we're like here, we've been out doing things, played masses for a garden and you know, other things like that. It's like, we've got to come back with a bang. So they can spring back the parties, you know? Yeah. Okay. So like, I mean, it sounds like you guys kind of hit the ground running pretty fast and you had like that whole kind of local, I don't want you to say, almost like God lived just playing and like learning how to play together as a group. Like, so when you guys first formed, did you kind of just immediately kind of hit things off? Yeah. Cole and I met like strictly as friends, like almost seven years ago, Yeah, almost seven years ago. And we just like hit it off, became besties, stayed in contact through me moving like to Arizona. And then eventually I moved back to LA. And then once Bardo came in the picture, he was just one of us. He had no choice though. <laughs> we had to coerce him into being in the band. He was like, not really about it. Not that I don't think he was necessarily opposed, but he definitely was like very much so in his producer chair. And we were like, no, 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 no. You are going to be in this band and we're going to make great love together. I was more, I had the mindset of like, I'll just be behind the scenes helping shape the vision. But then it's like still cool because I still got to be, you know, do that, that role, but just kind of be on stage with it too. So it all worked out great. I'm glad, yeah. glad I got coerced. It's cool. Okay. And um, the name, how did yes. it come about? Any meaning behind it? Like, uh, it was a subconscious thing. I mean, what, the easiest reference is Greece because we all have like our own ties to that. Um, but truthfully, I just, when I have something like a vision for something that I'm like dead set on, the first thing that I always do is like cycle through names until I get to the one. And uh, at the time I had called this project like, God, what I called it like doom. And then I called it something else. And then I was like, nah, this shit's like, I don't know. It sounds too dark for what it is. Oh yeah. Eight millimeter porno. Like, it was just, it was like all over the place. But I was also very much so still finding myself as a, as a writer and like with my sonic palette, let alone ours as a group. And so, um, it was funny. One of the early stories of the name was like, I had it and I had been sitting on it as a potential artist name. And I remember one of the first cuts I got as a songwriter was with Highly Suspect. And I like remember Johnny, the singer, was asking me for my info for my publishing company, which is like usually just your name. But I was like, oh, dude, like 
man, I've been really like going back and forth on this name, Beauty School Dropout. Like, do you think I should use that? And he's like, nah, bro, that's stupid. Like, just give me your name <laughs> for publishing. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but but lo, lo and behold, now it became the artist's name. You know? <laughs> it was just funny. Yeah. I was like, ah. I had no idea. It was my first client, really, aside from okay so i mean obviously when you guys form and you decide to like start making music together you guys like kind of decide like what direction you want to go with your sound and music wise and like how did you come to that decision and like who were some of your like influences in terms of like music that you guys wanted to make well like two parts to that the first part is we're so add and we just write whatever sonic palette we feel like it and then try to make it sound like us because uh-huh. of it so like a lot of the early stuff was like kind of like hip hoppy and like um, a little bit more like flowy, I would say, and like acoustic influences and stuff. And then later, it wasn't until later that we actually started leaning harder into rock. Um, I feel like early stuff really uh, sounded like like the neighborhood. Yeah, okay. yeah. It like a, like maybe like a darker, more rocky neighborhood. Yeah. And it just had, we were, I feel like everything was like pulling from so much because also Bardo like is an EDM style producer too in a lot of ways prior to doing this. And so like he pulled a lot of influence in that, especially in the early stuff. And then we didn't figure out our sound. We, yeah, we, we finally landed on kind of like what we have out now. Um, still kind of all over the place in like a good way. It definitely, like, once we started entertaining shows and that aspect of things, I think we were fortunate enough to have a lot of people in our corner at the time who were like, no, like, everybody's so soft, you have to go harder. Yeah. Like, what? Like, okay, like, you know, just because we were, we love the heavy shit, we always have, but we've always kind of been like, ah, you know, like, it's that, you know, where do we really want to land? And so to hear some of our uh, older, like, predecessors being like no go fucking hard go crazy like eat that rock band there's a really good affirmation because i think we were we were willing and ready for that we just didn't know that that's where it needed to go uh and i think that was a perfect gateway into us being like all right let's be fucking gnarly yeah yeah let's really take this to the, the next level that wasn't really happening in rock at the moment everything was so soft like, there's no heavy bands that were, like, front and center. Now it's changing again. But we were finding our palette in that era, and I think we just were guided by our mentors to be like, no, be authentic. Yeah. We like raging. Like, our favorite part about this whole thing is playing crazy live shows. And our biggest influences collectively are, like, Turnstile and Bring Me the Horizon. And so, like, those are two bands that put on just a menace of a live so cool. show. Right? Yeah, Barter Love. They put on a menace of a live show too. It's just very different. But yeah, I think we're just like, even if we, even a lot of our stuff is like poppy, we still deliver it heavy as all fuck on, yeah. on stage. And so, like, that's just, it, we, we finally found out who we are. Three, six times. That goes. Yeah, I do stick my tongue out a lot. I'm like Miley Cyrus, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh. I do. Every fifth picture of me is like. <laughs> I mean, that's funny that you guys like point that out because I thinking about it like there's for sure like was an appetite for like heavier, harder music, especially come out of like the pandemic and COVID and everything. And I, I think everybody's been kind of going that way because even like in hip hop, 
things got like super emo and kind of soft at a point and like i think people are just ready for like to let out a lot of that pent-up energy over over the time so like i wonder if that's that's something you guys notice playing these shows too totally yeah, i think we pull a lot of influence from like hip-hop and stuff and like even like uzi doing a chop suey cover yeah, it's like, crazy. It's crazy. It's <laughs> like it's crazy. even the fact that yeah, and bring me. They're both featuring each other's projects. Yeah, his baby, a baby metal feature. Like, oh, did you see it? The first song of the album is featuring baby. Metal. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's so cool. I think genres are now like literally just melting together. Yeah, more than ever, and I feel like rappers are like the biggest rock stars, and for a while they they were the only rock stars. Like yeah. rock stars weren't even rock stars. It was all rappers that were like the sickest people because they just didn't give a fuck it was the mentality like be a rock star yeah and i think now rock stars are now like coming up and they're definitely coming back yeah it's like so much crossover now it's so sick yeah i think i think that's one my great thing about this generation like especially like listeners and fans is that they grew up listening like so much stuff that they're not so worried about like oh this is the genre i like this is what i like like they just kind of just accept whatever's out there and like they just gravitate towards whatever like grabs them at the time yeah all these dads are the ones that are still gatekeeping yeah that, that's changing a little bit too you know that's changing a little bit too it's evolving it is evolving i just think it's so funny so you guys also had 2022 your first debut album correctly mm-hmm. yeah uh, we made plans and got laughed so like how was kind of the process of that how's like the response to that and like getting that out pretty soon after you guys formed. Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, the response was great. Like, it's been cool, especially because, I mean, the reality is that came out only a year ago and we've grown so exponentially since then. And I think a lot of it is attributed to that project specifically. So uh, I'd say it's been a really fucking cool journey. We're definitely excited for the next round of music. And... It's like funny because for how little music we put out at the moment, we definitely get like antsy very quick and we're like, all right, yeah. cool, what are we doing next? So definitely looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, I was really excited to be able to get like the actual foundation and push from a label and the co-signs from the people that we have around us. And I think it was like a pretty quick switch once that all happened of like, it almost felt as though there was a newfound respect for the band from like our peers who were just like, Oh, you know, cause at that time, especially pop punk, like the, you know, MGK had just dropped his album. Pop punk was having this huge resurgence. Everyone was really, 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 really just on the blink tip, which I'm yeah. sure they still are, but you know, the rock thing has kind of come back as an entire umbrella. And so at the time I feel like a lot of the people around us were like, Oh my God, you just signed the mark. Like, yeah, but it was, it was cool. It was like in that moment we were getting affirmation from the legends in pop punk and we weren't making pop punk in the same sense. So it was cool that they chose us to put on for the next wave of rock than just like kind of what everyone else was like doing. So I, they get kind of like validated that we were headed in the right direction by like legends, Pete Wentz and Mark Hoppus. And even we just got the co-sign by 
Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20 because we just opened for them you see in Tampa. Today? Yeah. He's like, song of the day, ESD.way. I'm like, it's so cool. Like, all these yeah. legends just like validating like what we're pursuing and they, they think it's genuinely cool. And I just, that's like the coolest compliment ever. I mean, speaking about like Mark Hoppus, he, he's the one who got signed you first, right? Um, over at the label. Yeah. And obviously he has obviously huge connections in music. He's Blink-182, who's like one of the biggest fans ever. And like, how that kind of relationship form and, and how like pivotal has he been in your, in your career to this point? Yeah. Should I say the way we met? Yeah, so like, we met the head of our label, her name is Sherry, and she had like a list of bands that she was like pursuing for this label. And she sent an email, or so the story goes, she sent an email with like 30 bands to Mark Office and Pete Wentz, and both of them only responded back with Beauty School Dropout. And so then that led into us going and getting lunch with both of them and hitting it off with both of them as well. And then we ended up signing February 2022. Yeah. yeah. It's been pretty pivotal, just like Coley said about the industry looks and how our peers view us and just how even audience members view us. And it's like yeah. like a giant cosign. It's like, yeah, these guys are legit yeah. and we get the attention of some heavy hitters. Uh, but then also just like pure advice, you know, they give great advice and they genuinely care and they like want us to be ourselves because they think what we do is cool. Um, and it's great to get advice from people that we've looked up to our whole lives. So. And people that have yeah. done it too, they're not just like suits. Yeah. They like yeah. get it. Yeah. They understand the artist side of it actually. Yeah. So like after like a meeting, Mark will like text us, like, you guys happy? And like, I just like think that's the coolest question ever. Yeah. I mean, if anybody would know, it'd be him obviously touring all across the planet and being as yeah. big as they were throughout, throughout you know, Blink-182's career. Obviously, like that connection with Blink-182, you guys also just went on tour with them. So like, how was that? And also, I think Turnstile was also on that, on that tour as well. So, yeah. okay, that's and both those bands, pretty massive like, tour. So oh, yeah. Blink and Turnstile are like two of our major influences. We... I mean, it was insane, like, to meet the entirety of Blink in their, like, original form. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but also, we were just honestly so starstruck to hang out with Turnstile. Lucky. Like, we just, we love their music so much. And we listen to it all the time. And to get to get to do that has been pretty, that was pretty cool. So, it, really? it's actually funny. On the tour we went on right before the Blink tour with Jaden, um, every day before the show, we would blast Turnstile to hype us up. <laughs> Yeah. And then it's like literally our hype music. It's literally our like, yeah, we are get pumped for the show music, and then we get to the next tour with Turnstile. We're like, maybe we should. Yeah, can you do the same? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The band that's next door in their green room. So instead, we just go, you know, eat catering with them. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we get. Pumped. <laughs> so it's so they're, cool. And they're honestly all so sweet, I'm like so down to earth. Like it, we, we, it's fun. My favorite thing about it is like learning from people that we look up to and getting to ask questions and be like, how do you guys do this? Or how do you guys work out this thing? It's really cool. So everyone, thankfully on this journey has been really, really kind to us. And that tour was just sick as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, Turnstar is definitely like one of my favorite current bands right now. I listen to on pretty regularly. So like, all right, favorite songs, each one of you from Turnstar. From Turnstar? TLC, uh, or Don't Play. 
I really like Endless. He's crazy. Or Underwater Boy. Yeah, Underwater Boy, Boy slaps. Damn, that was... I'm going to have to say Blackout, though, just because that was the song that got me hooked on. Yeah, that was definitely... That was the first song that started it all. Yeah, Glow On, that... When you showed me that album, I was like, damn, this is crazy. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would all the entire tour. I'd walk on the backstage going do do do, and like <laughs> I'm sure they were just like, "What the fuck are these boys doing?" I was like, "That means <laughs> Clues Clues needs to be a tribute." <laughs> wow, insane. Yeah, what? yeah. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's obviously a wild thing, like to be able to tour with obviously bands and people that you guys look up to, to so much. And I was like, Blink-182 for me, I think they were one of like the originators of like blending all these different genres into creating this sound that I think a lot of bands and artists are kind of pulling from these days. So like, what was the experience playing with them and opening for them? And like, were you guys able to like learn anything from Turnstile or Blink-182 in terms of like your performances and playing to a crowd? I think uh, more so than the performance aspect, learning about the technicalities of operation and what goes into putting on an arena show and like everything from behind the scenes to like working with a tech to working with an entire crew of people. Cause I mean, essentially like they're coming into an empty building and they're staffing everybody and putting everybody to work with yeah. the state production and bringing in 24 semi trucks of, load in to put on this whole entire spectacle so uh i think that was one of the most exciting things also ironically like one of the most relaxing parts of it because there's so much space and so much availability to move as you please uh that there's like less i think pressure going into the show it feels very like ah this is a well-oiled machine cool yeah yeah so that was nice. On the show side, though, it definitely is inspiring to see how Blink interacts with each other on mm. stage. Like Mark and Tom's banter it's is insane. just so seasoned. It's crazy. Even with having them been apart for a little bit, you can just, it's palatable. Like, and it's so funny how they interact with each other and fans from the stage. Palatable. And I think palatable. Palpable. Palpable. <laughs> I'm not an English Pal- major. Palatable. This is why he writes lyrics. Um, <laughs> and uh, just like, we got to learn a lot from that too, because like we were post that, like we want to pull from like their kind of banter, even though we kind yeah. of already had just like the seamlessness, seamlessness of it was so sick. We're just always learning. In every scenario we're in, we're just like, oh, just taking notes and just. Yeah. Figure out how, okay, they do that. That's interesting. Okay, so yeah, we could probably do that, you know. Like, like oh, they, you know, oh, we don't want to do that. That doesn't work. We do, you know? we do yeah. take notes too. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, not too many bands that you could learn from in a better way than like Blink 182. So, that's super dope that you guys like got that experience, especially so early on in your, in your career. I also noticed that you guys opened up sometimes playing Lil Uzi's I Just Wanna Rock on some of your shots, yeah. so. Yeah, bro, that's the hype song. We still do it. That, when, on our headline stuff, uh, we like to open our, 
we just like it's yeah. a good vibe. Honestly, as much as it's for the crowd, I love it's Uzi, for bro. us. It's for us when we're oh, side stage. So you should see us all like dancing together. Uh, I want to work on a record with him so bad. He is so lit. I think he's probably one of the most unique like artists I've ever seen, especially in, like this modern era of music. Like his ability to kind of just cross. He's around and just that, do bro. anything he wants is insane. He is. He's smart. He's been ahead of the curve. I was just watching his interview with Ebros, and Ebros was like giving him shit. It was back when he was, I think, like twenty or twenty-one or some shit. But Ebros is like giving him a hard time because he didn't want to rap on this like old nineties. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, nah, bro, shit's changing. Like, I need eight oh eights and whatever. And he, he like definitely offended the host, and so it was like this whole funny thing. But he's like. Oh, bro, like I'm a rock star. Like this is things are changing. <laughs> like how this is gonna go? Lo and behold, that's like seven years later. Of course, it's like exactly what it is. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he definitely was like a big part of like this wave, especially in, like rap, where everything kind of took a huge shift into like this yeah, different, well, different sound wave. Back with what? Who was that? Was that the year that Juice World designer and everybody was all on like the same plate for yeah, xxl was it like it was xxx juice world designer and Lil Uzi, right? <laughs> fucking crazy yeah. Was it? yeah i think it was i think that was all and maybe a little dicky <laughs> i think he was i don't know if, i don't know if juice world was on there yet but i i know designer was on there and dicky and like uh, ugly god and other people like oh, that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy <laughs> I, I think yeah, Lil was. No, I know. Yachty, I remember Yachty might have been on there too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah Lil Yachty. Dude, Poland, that song. I don't know why. I saw this video. He played it six <laughs> times back to back to back in Poland. That's awesome. So, so, yeah. He played something in Warsaw, <laughs> and he's like, it just kept clipping through, and everyone by the end was so lit. It was insane. <laughs> oh, Lil Yachty is funny as fuck. He's also a pioneer. That last album yeah. he dropped. You listen to yeah. that? Yeah, I did. Bro, what? That shit's crazy. What a swing. Yeah, that was complete. Unexpected left field turn from him. Like, I love that shit, though, bro. Like, fuck the narrative. Go make something wild and then come back and just, like, honestly, on everyone. Honestly, though, that's, like, that's why we pull from, like, other genres than rock more so than anything right now, because everyone else is doing cooler shit than rock is still. And, like, pushing rock, boundaries. Rock, rock is pretty lame still. Yeah. There's some there's some hitters in there and there's some little things but like eighty percent of it is not super cool. That's why we're trying to change it. I mean, it takes. I think the younger generation is noticing like you have all these different influences. Now you're like bringing it into rock and creating it like this own new thing. And I think that's why everybody's so excited for like the new direction of that music is taking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think there's like a big opportunity right now for it to take shape in a way that it hasn't before, which is like I think kind of what he's saying when he's like it's not cool it's like it's not even necessarily that it's not cool it's just not cool anymore you know yeah. a lot a lot of people that are entering the rock space that come in the rock space we believe follow this archetype that's existed for so long and it's like it's almost like a picket fence around their house that they can't leave and it's like bro like throw some sampling in do some crazy vocal chops like do push the yeah. envelope with the production and like the sauce that's a lot live and like how you present yourself because it's like that was what this rock and roll shit started with was like bro, look at kiss in the 60s 
painting their face and wearing like six inch platforms. They're still doing it. Like that's crazy. Yeah, I think that's a problem with like a lot of like these, I guess, traditional genres and just genres in general is like whenever it gets a name or a label, it, you build all these boundaries and walls to it when they're, it didn't start out that way. It just started out as we're trying to make something cool and like, this is what it sounded like. So now I think the walls are slowly coming down, but you know, it's going to take a lot more artists coming up that grew up on all these different sounds to like really change things. Totally. Granted, we say that with love, like we love the rock space and everyone in it and like what's happening. I think it's more so the tough love thing of like, we believe there's more. Yeah. And it's not being tapped into yet, at least not by mainstream. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. We, we keep finding so many dope artists. Like, thanks so much. And like, it's just like so many people, honestly. And they are just like this. Like, we can't wait until more people hear this shit. Yeah. So that way, like, it pushes the envelope. Until until it gets to the point where you're like, damn, I wish less people heard about him now. Now that he's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's room for everyone. I want everyone to get as big as they possibly can. Yeah, we're not we're not gatekeepers. We want everyone to win. We okay. just like to, so we like to push everybody. We're like it's it's the subtle nudge of like, do better. Why not? Like, like <laughs> we're we're pushing ourselves to try and do that. Like. Oh, why shouldn't you yeah oh i mean speaking about push things and new music obviously you guys you know it seems like you guys are building up to like a new album you have three releases so far um freak dying to be you and by the time this comes out it'll be um beautiful waste yeah so i mean i can definitely see like kind of a evolution and like a change and maybe a little more confidence in your music like do you guys notice any like evolution in your sound since your like last album? Definitely. I mean, we were even talking about it earlier, this rollout that we did. It was very kind of all over the place, litmus testing the different sonics of this album. Like I feel like the three singles that we released are kind of like the different ends of the spectrum that we land on with the sonic palette of this next project. Um, and I think, that's also something that's, that's exciting is like looking forward to everyone being able to hear what comes in between all that. Um, but yeah, it's a constant evolution. I mean, we're definitely tapping into new rhythms and new sounds that we did from the last album. Also, I think we did a lot more of it ourselves this time around. Okay. Um, the last project was like, we got thrown through the ringer of like songwriters and producers and da da da, da you know, which like ultimately we songwrite and produce for other people already. So it's like, we're very capable, you know, but it never hurts to obviously have other talent in the room and like great yeah. ideas off each other. So I think for this next project that's coming out, we're really excited for like the, the fact that we had much more of a hands-on process this time around. And I think it's a little bit more curated and tailored to what we wanted and like how we want to present ourselves. And this shows our spectrum of our palette. We don't want to be like one style. Yeah. I think I want I forever want to be able to drop a song like Dying to Be You and then a song like Beautiful Waste because they don't live in the same exact world, but they live in our world. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, they still sound like it's you. Like they're not, you know, obviously like topic wise and, you know, 
sonically a little bit different, but they definitely still all have like kind of that that imprint that you guys have had from the music that I've heard from you before. And um, speaking about like dying to be you, obviously the video was like a lot of tour footage, which looked insane. Being yeah. on those are your tours and whatnot. It's also like about mental health. So can you kind of like speak to that a little bit? Yeah, man, we get depressed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, all, uh, we all struggle with the same shit as everyone else. And I just feel like it's so relevant right now to talk about it. Like it's okay yeah. finally to talk about how much it sucks sometimes. Yeah. I think we were kind of just offering our our humility to the table. Just being like, yo, we have our bad days. It's painfully true. And honestly, probably a lot more than people really even expect or anticipate. Um, so that was kind of an ode to coming out of one of those little depressive venti bees. And it touches on imposter syndrome a lot too, which I think is something that we heavily struggle with in this like come up yeah i'm gonna say something groundbreaking because i've gone along with it every time that we've talked about this in interviews i actually don't struggle with that at all i, I struggle with it He's not not that that's a bad thing to struggle with i just also have like <laughs> i realize we've talked about that a lot and i've always kind of been like do i really i'm like okay maybe <laughs> maybe he doesn't <laughs> i think i was more on the, de- the depressive broad whatever like the yeah sure super depressed episode when side of that. the song was being written dying to be you and like i've been killing myself dying to be you it like resonated with me personally that it was imposter syndrome because like i'm trying to be someone that i've created in my mind yeah and sometimes i don't feel like that person in the moments like especially like on the blink tour and shit sometimes yes. i was like holy shit why am i here like i don't feel like i deserve it but i also do feel like i deserve it yeah it's just and it make, weirdly makes you sad but then you're happy and i don't know that's my that's my takeaway that's why i love that song that's my favorite song we've ever made to date it is definitely a banger and i've you know there's some live footage of you guys out there playing it and it definitely seems to resonate like with crowds heavily especially when you're playing it live and then that seems to bring the energy out of people for sure. Some pure high octane. Turbo diesel. Turbo diesel. Okay, I'm speaking about um beautiful waste. Not out yet, but I have heard it. It's coming August second. Another banger. This one's speaking about kind of like relationships, right? And like kind of like um, about toxic relationships, but trying to force stuff that's not like working. Arda once said. He can, what, I can take you to I breakfast. Can, I can take, this is how you sum up the song. I can take you out to breakfast, but he can take you around the world. <laughs> and that's basically what the song is about. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very, we, also to quote earlier, something we were talking about, it's like, the song's very just like, hopeless and horny. That's it. It was like, I don't know. We, we laugh, because especially after we just toured the world, like, you see all these different cultures, all these different types of people, and then LA you get to, and it's just like, there's a very specific breed of like people out here that's so yes. because there's such a influx of people who are like really trying to become something, which is like totally cool. That's like, that's the point. But it is funny what it creates within people because you get a lot of like people who want 
more of the material things or less of the connection or are too worried that a connection will never even happen in the first place. So they're so jaded by that, that they're like, Oh, everyone sucks. And it's like, yeah, yeah I guess like everyone says that about LA, but they all live here. Yeah. They're like, like everyone, everyone sucks in LA. And I'm like, no, LA is the dopest place ever because it's every type of person here. And like, you just got to find your people and be open-minded. Like, I don't know. It's like, the funniest weird thing to hear everyone in LA say they hate LA, but then they love it. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> it's always a love hate thing for a place that's like as big and popular as that. You can go anywhere and people will say the same thing. Like New York will say the say same shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Okay, I mean, speak about playing in Europe. Like, how was that experience? Was that your first time going over there? Second time. First time, first, I, had, well, I had never been ever. First time to Europe proper. We last year we did Reading and Leeds. Um, we did a little run of UK stuff, okay. and then this time we did UK and Europe, two tours back to back. The European crowd, it's crazy. They go. Yeah, I was gonna say, normally people say like European crowds are like levels above. Bro, it's crazy. They they appreciate the the concert experience a whole lot differently. Yeah. They're like there to be a part of the experience. Like we went to the Czech Republic. We'd never been to the Czech Republic. First song in, everyone's clapping for the whole the whole tempo. And we're like, they were opening pits just because they wanted to. It wasn't like yeah. open this pit now. Yeah, they, yeah. It, they just did it. You know, and I I think they just really value the experience. It's cool to enjoy the the concert versus it's cool to look cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? In America, it's a lot cooler to look cool and like, be at the concert. But they're there to, to show like, that you're having that experience instead of actually like being at the concert. The band or the, the, the act before us, literally at Rock the People in the Czech Republic, was the National Symphony of the Czech Republic. And there was mosh pits for the National Symphony. <laughs> Slow <laughs> mosh pits. The greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> orchestral pit. It's insane. Dope. They started rowing. They like all conjoined like Row. like legs on the like ground a monomarch shit huh? yeah. bro it was the coolest thing we like just got off this plane we had like two hours of sleep and just like what are we walking into this is crazy <laughs> really so, set the time for today so we went from symphony to beauty school dropout that's like a yeah, crazy shit right there right up it was pretty awesome it was so cool definitely the coolest one of the coolest Acts that have ever played before us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, like I said, you guys have a lot of great music out. Definitely like building. I can definitely see the momentum and I can definitely see you guys, you know, doing everything that's right and, and making all the right choices musically. Um, definitely excited to see what you guys do in the future. Maybe we'll get the, the album this year, possibly. Yeah. This year, yeah. Q3. It's coming. Okay. He says this is dropping. We should spill the name. The album's called Ready to Eat. It's going to be out in October. Okay. Ready to see October. Yeah. <laughs> there's some there's some leak. Okay, I got exclusive. There we go. First, heard, heard it here first. Ready to Eat. Musical drop out October. Oh, yeah. So, you guys any have any future plans? Obviously, outside the album, you have some tours, some shows, festivals coming. Right. Touring, 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 touring. We got Lollapalooza. We got Aftershock, Louder Than Life, and more touring this year. 
nothing set in stone yet besides those festivals, but it is coming. So be on the lookout. All right. Everybody listening and watching, definitely go follow these guys on the streams. Go run those streams up on Spotify where you guys listen to music. Uh, thank you guys for taking the time out to talk to us. Super dope music. Love the new singles that you got. Beautiful Waste. Dying to Be You. Maybe my favorite songs you guys have made so far, personally. I think that shit goes hard. So thank you. Thank you. Today to hear, hear what you guys got coming. Hell yeah, man. We, we appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time and having us. For sure. I mean, thank you guys for joining us. Anytime. Much love. Oh, yeah. <laughs>